What is going on, sports fans, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 12 of the Jack of All Trades Sports Podcast, presented by Unbranded Sports. Today is Monday, July 6th, and there is a lot to talk about. A pretty high-up Browns player requested a trade. There is some news coming out of MLB camps across the country about players wanting to sit out the season, and there is much, much more news to cover in all major sports leagues. But before we get into that, this episode is, as always, is sponsored by Anchor. You guys are going to hear an ad from them in the middle of this episode, but Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Go to anchor.fm to start your very own podcast today. So we are going to start today with the David Njoku, the tight end of the Cleveland Browns, requesting a trade this week, his agent Drew Rosenhaus has demanded a trade, basically, that Njoku be moved on from the Browns. The Browns, of course, did pick up Njoku's fifth-year option, which means he is under contract for another two seasons, so this season and the next season. So that means if Njoku decides to sit out, he's still under contract. The Browns wanted to keep him because Stefanski likes the two-tight end system. He wanted to have, obviously, Austin Hooper, the Browns' big free agent pickup, and David Njoku, but if the Browns do move him, I say try to get a solid guy who can help them win now, um, maybe a linebacker, a guy on the D-line, who can join that that group and um, be make an impact immediately, or I say try to go for a second-round pick or higher. Njoku obviously was a first-round pick in the 2017 draft. Um, the dude's got a lot of potential. He There's some aspects of him not being able to catch. I mean, we all remember Hard Knocks. He had a bad day at practice, and then he goes and starts taking the catches with his shirt off, and everybody's like, oh, whoa, he's good. He's fit. Like, let's get him going. He had a good rookie year. He had a good rookie year and a good – I wouldn't say his rookie year was that good. His the first, his first year with Baker Mayfield in 2018, he had a good year. Last year, he had an all right year. He was just injured and out for most of it. He got injured in week two against the New York Jets, and he just didn't come back to be the guy that we were all expecting him to be in that offense last year. Um, some teams who I think could need a tight end. Um, the Patriots might need a tight end. Obviously, they they have Ben Watson, and but uh, he's no superstar. Bringing in a young tight end to pair with Cam Newton and or Jared Stidham might be a good thing for that offense. I'm trying to think of other teams right off just off the top of my head that need a good tight end, or who would benefit from having a two-tight end set. I would say Tampa Bay, but they have O.J. Howard and Gronk. That's like the ideal two-tight end set in the NFL. Dallas? Dallas might be a sneaky contender for Njoku. Obviously, Jason Witten departed to go to the Las Vegas Raiders in free agency. They do have Blake Jarwin, I believe, so maybe they'll want Njoku in there to pair him with him. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. The Browns could um, ultimately decide to hold on to Njoku, and just get on going with the season and say, you're, if, you, if you're with us, you're with us. If you're not, you're not. But if you're not, you're just going to sit on the bench. That could happen. Who knows? But David Njoku does request a trade. My prediction, he does get traded before this season starts. But, I mean, good luck to the guy. Um, you Like Freddie said last year and Baker echoed, if you don't wear orange or brown, you don't matter. I think that's a good mindset for the Browns to have. They can't focus on people in the locker room who want out. And I think if you're the ownership, if you're 
Andrew Barry and Stefanski need to, to decide what to do with him pretty quickly. So, yes, the Browns do are going to trade Njoku. I think it'll happen probably sometime next month before camps get started. Which brings us to our next biggest story, the NBA. So, the NBA is set to kick off their season in tw- just 24 short days in Disney World in Orlando, Florida. But some of the brightest stars in the league will not be there due to health concerns and due to um, concerns of getting re-injured and all, and all of that stuff. And one of those guys, this this hurts this team a lot, is Victor Oladipo. So Victor Oladipo, Oladipo of course, is the all-star shooting guard for the um, Indiana Pacers. He he had a great 2018 season. He got injured last year. It was a pretty bad injury. But he came back towards the middle of this season and started playing again for for the Pacers. So Oladipo will not join his team in Orlando for the NBA restart. He cited his concern of re-injuring his quadricep tendon during the restart as a main reason why he is going to sit out. So the Pacers, I believe, are the four seed in the Eastern Conference right now. So losing a big guy on their team like Oladipo kind of hurts them, but I don't think it's going to screw them because I don't know if Oladipo played. I don't think he played that much this year. Let's see. He So... So he's averaging 13.8 points per game and 3.2 rebounds per game, 3 assists per game. Now, how many games has he played? I, I can't see it being more than 9 or 10. Yeah, so Oladipo's only played 13 games this year, and the Indiana Pacers already had a really good record without him. So I don't think it'll hurt them that much, but with the news that Malcolm Brogdon, their point guard, is not going to be traveling to Orlando either. That's going to be bad news for the Indiana Pacers, a team who I thought could be a sleeper, but now I just think they're going to have to, you know, stay healthy and go into next season on a high note. So no Victor Oladipo in Orlando for the Pacers. He is just one of uh, a big list of guys of NBA players who decided to opt out. I think he is the biggest name to opt out in the NBA, but... Yeah, DeAndre Jordan, obviously another guy. Trevor Ariza, Avery Bradley, Willie Cauley-Stein, Wilson Chandler, Thabo Cephalosha. Let's see, who else? I got the full list right here. So yeah, Trevor Ariza, Avery Bradley, I've talked about that. David Burton's from the Wizards, Willie Cauley-Stein, Wilson Chandler, Thabo Cephalosha, DeAndre Jordan, and now Victor Oladipo. So the list keeps on growing in the NBA. Um, LeBron's still going, so I'll still be watching. (laughs) Some other NBA news, um, besides this Orlando playoff bubble, the, the, the delete eight, I've been calling them the, the, the delete eight, the teams that did not make the playoffs and are going to be in the draft lottery. The teams that are going to get probably the, are in contention for the number one pick, the teams that were the worst eight of the bunch this year, there will be. A bubble in Chicago in September of those eight teams, and they're going to play games against each other. So what I'm saying to you is Cavs versus Warriors 5 is happening in September. So yeah, it's going to be good. Um, I'm excited to see the Cavs back, you know, just to see Garland, Drummond, Kevin Love, all them again. I'm excited to see Steph Curry, maybe even Klay Thompson back for that. That'll be pretty interesting to see. And we all we all get to laugh at the Knicks in September. It'll feel like life has returned to normal when we are laughing at the New York Knicks. 
So that's pretty much all the NBA news. Um, there are a bunch of teams that are closing their facilities due to positive tests and due to their testing numbers. The Bucks, I believe, closed their facilities on Sunday and are going to keep it closed until they travel to Orlando. I believe there are a couple other teams like the Orlando Magic that are doing the same thing because of a player who tested positive in the traveling party. So that is all the NBA news today. But for speaking of players opting out, there are a ton of Major League Baseball players who are opting out of the season during this summer camp, spring training 2.0 that just kicked off this week. So Ryan Zimmerman of the Nationals, World Series champion, obviously, the first draft pick in Nationals roster history. He has decided he is going to opt out of this season. Um, Zimmerman's a veteran, so I, I don't know if this means retirement for him, but I wish him the best. I hope he can, he can, um, you know, come back maybe next year and come back to the Nationals because he is Mr. National. He is their guy. And it was, he can, and I like watching him play. Um, and he's been doing it for so long. He's a great player, an all-star player, World Series champion. It's going to suck not seeing him out there. There are a lot of other players who are not going to be going for the MLB. Mike Leake, who is um, the starting pitcher for the Diamondbacks. It was a contract year for him. He said, I'm not going to come back. I'm just going to go to the free agent market next season. Ian Desmond for the Colorado Rockies is not coming back. He said a lot of stuff about racial injustices in the game and said that. I don't know if that was his um, sole reason for not coming back, but that was pretty pretty cool to see him speak his mind and say what he wanted to about all that stuff. And then we get to the big names, the guys who are not coming back. David Price of the Los Angeles Dodgers is not going to play this year. Obviously, David Price was dealt to the Dodgers in the Mookie Betts trade. So, I mean, dealt to the Dodgers with Mookie Betts in the Mookie Betts trade. I'm trying to find the statement that he made to via social media right now. So, yeah, David Price, former Cy Young Award winner, former All-Star. He's Obviously, it's a kind of a big loss for the Dodgers. He's... Um, they are going to be, they're, they're the favorites to win the world series. I still think because they got Mookie Betts to an already loaded lineup, but obviously this is a big loss for them. So, um, uh, price, um, said via Twitter, he said, dear Dodgers nation, after considerable thought and discussion with my family and the Dodgers, I decided it is in the best interest of my health and my family's health for me to not play this season. I will miss my teammates and will be cheering for them throughout the season and on to a World Series victory. I'm sorry I won't be playing for you this year, but look forward to representing you next year. Stay safe, be well, and be kind, and go Dodgers. So that's David Price, one of the bigger names, announcing he will not play this season. So fans in the um, Dodger Nation, LA, La La Land, are going to have to wait another season to see David Price suit up in Dodger Blue. And another big name who is a, a familiar face in a new place, Felix Hernandez, King Felix. Obviously, amazing career with the Seattle Mariners. He is set to join the Atlanta Braves this year, but he will not be doing that. It was his first year with a new team besides the Seattle Mariners. And he, we will not be able to get to see that. Obviously, 
Felix is a great pitcher when he's on. I think he's a little past his prime. I don't know. He's kind of been sputtering towards the finish in the last couple years. But this was an opportunity to kind of reset the whole thing. Um, a young Atlanta pitching staff, a young Atlanta roster as a whole. But Felix was going to be that guy who tried to get a second shot. And I, of course, believe in a guy like Felix Hernandez. So good luck to him. Um, I hope to see him back. I know it was an emotional goodbye for him last year in Seattle. Um, but I hope to see him back. If, and if he doesn't come back, I think he's a, he's a Hall of Famer in my book. So, yeah, those are the, the players who are opting out for sure in Major League Baseball. But there is a bigger fish, if you will, who is seriously considering not coming back. And that is the best player in baseball, the $430 million man, Mike Trout of the Los Angeles Angels. So Mike Trout said in a press conference with the media on Friday, he said he's not sure if he wants to play. His wife is pregnant. They're expecting a son. He doesn't want to bring the virus home to his son or to his pregnant wife. Obviously, this is bigger than baseball for the guy. Um, I think he, he's he got a lot of soul-searching to do before he makes this decision. I mean, it's a hard, hard situation to be in because obviously he loves the game. He's the best player in the game. He's in his prime. He doesn't want to waste a year of his prime. He wants to win a World Series with that Angels team, who I think has a chance to, with Anthony Rendon, the newest addition for them, Joe Madden, a new manager, Shohei Otani, fully healthy. But this is bigger than baseball. His health, his family's health, the health of his wife, the health of his son, very important in a time like this. So I hope he makes the right decision for him and his family. And I, I don't know what that will be, but good luck to Mike Trout. Obviously, Mike Trout has reported to camp for the Angels. He's wearing an N95 um, running the bases. So if you tell me you can't wear a mask walking to the store, Mike Trout can wear a mask running full speed around the bases. So I don't want to hear that excuse anymore. So Mike Trout might not play this year. We will definitely keep you updated. Follow us at unbranded.sports on Instagram. We will post the news when we have it. So a, a team that has been hit hard by this coronavirus is the Atlanta Braves. I was just talking about them losing King Felix due to, I don't know, concern about the virus and all that. But they've had four players test positive, and Freddie Freeman, their all-star first baseman, is one of them. He has coronavirus, COVID-19. He has a fever and won't be in camp for a while. His wife tweeted an Instagram post Oh, no, he shouldn't tweet an Instagram post. Listen to me. I sound like I'm 80 years old. But she did take a screenshot of her Instagram post and post it on Twitter. And in this post, she said, most of you might know by now, Freddie tested positive for COVID-19 last night. He's had body aches, headaches, chills, and a high fever since Thursday. He is someone who literally never gets sick, and the virus hit him like a ton of bricks. We've been really strict for the last four months. Haven't gone to a grocery store. Haven't gone out to dinner once. Haven't seen our friends and only allowed family at our house and we still got it. So far, Charlie, Carol, and I are okay. We appreciate all the messages and prayers. Please keep them coming for healing and protection for the rest of our family. Please take this virus seriously. Wear a mask when in public and wash your hands frequently. That's it, people. If you want sports like me, that's what you got to do. Freddie Freeman, an all-star athlete, a young guy who... Did everything he could to not get it. Still got the virus. 
So you think if you go out in public without a mask, without social distancing, you're not going to get it? You might not, but you could get it. The mask helps slow the spread of it. Washing your hands helps slow the spread of it. If you want football in the fall, if you want baseball this summer, and if you want basketball this summer, you are going to wash your hands. You need to because I'm looking at this and I'm saying, how many more players are going to opt out? How many more players are going to get the virus? And I'm seriously questioning if there is going to be all these seasons. As a sports reporter, a guy whose sports is a central component of what I do, that's pretty scary to think about. But if we can slow the spread and do our part, we will have sports. They're obviously having sports in Europe with the Premier League, with the KBO, Korean Baseball Association. They're having sports over there. So we should get to that point. And I think it's only a matter of time before we do. But yeah, Freddie Freeman and four other Atlanta Braves had the coronavirus. And prayers to them for a speedy recovery. And another scary thing that happened at spring camp um, a summer camp, excuse me, spring training 2.0, was in New York on fr- Saturday? I think Saturday, yeah, 4th of July. So John Carlos Stanton and Masahiro Tanaka were playing in a simulated game, and Stanton hit a line drive off of Masahiro Tanaka's head. Ta- Tanaka stayed down on the field for several minutes before he was able to walk off on his own power. They took him to a New York hospital, treated him, Tanaka did tweet, I'm good, the other day. So that's good news for the Yankees. Obviously, prayers for to Tanaka that it's just a concussion or something a little bit less serious. Obviously, John Carlos Stanton has been in a similar situation. He broke a bunch of bones in his face when he got hit with a pitch from Mike Fires in, I believe that was 2016. That's why Stanton wears the low-down face guard on his batting helmet. So, prayers to Tanaka for a speedy recovery. He's obviously a big part of that Yankee rotation behind Garrett Cole. And, yeah, that's the perfect segue into our break. Because when we come back, we have an AL East preview of those Yankees, those Rays, Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Orioles. Please stay with us. We got a lot of good stuff to cover in Part 2. And welcome back to Season 1, Episode 12 of the Jack of All Trades Sports Podcast presented by unbranded sports so we are going to start actually with some statistics for the MLB testing positive rate so it's quite promising the 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 results the MLB did release so the MLB and the Players Association announced today the first set of results for COVID-19 testing this was July 3rd they released this so the total number of positive tests is 38 which is 1.2 percent of the 3,185 total samples collected and tested. So 31 of these are players and 7 of them are staff members. 19 different clubs have one or more individuals testing positive during intake testing. So that's a good sign. I know there's going to be positive tests all across the board in sports. But that number, 1.2%, it could be a lot, a lot, a lot worse I know, um, yeah, I obviously said Freddie Freeman has it. De, De, Delino De Shields for the Indians. Uh, sorry, De, Delino De Shields for the Indians, their new outfielder, he has it. But he said his symptoms are mild. Um, he should be good to go in a couple weeks. So that's good news. But th- that 1.2% number, only 31 players have it in the first round of testing. They get a test every two days. That's a good sign for Major League Baseball. 
And speaking of Major League Baseball, our second week of division previews this week, we have the AL East. Last week, we had the NL East. I told you the Nationals would win the division, and the Braves would come in second with the Mets, kind of in third. Yeah, the Mets will be in third, I believe. Yeah, no, the Phillies in third, Mets in fourth. But I want to correct something I did say last week. I said Jacob deGrom had Tommy John surgery. It was actually Noah Syndergaard on the Mets who had Tommy John. So Jacob deGrom, obviously two-time Cy Young Award winner back-to-back years. So that is good that the Mets have him. The Mets could make some noise in a shortened season. So, so, But I still think putting them in fourth place behind Phillies, Braves, and Nationals is a better spot for them. So the AL East is one of the most competitive divisions in baseball. Uh, there are two teams in this division I can see winning the World Series this season. Obviously, one of them, the juggernaut, the evil empire, the 27-ring Bronx Bomber, New York Yankees. And the other one is an underdog team who has never won the World Series, has only been there once, who had a pretty good year last year, making the playoffs, winning the wildcard game, the, the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, those are the two teams in the AL East I can see pushing for a World Series. I think the Red Sox are going to be the Red Sox. They're always going to be competitive. Blue Jays and Orioles, Blue Jays could surprise some people. They got a lot of young talent. If it develops a little bit quicker than we all think, they could make some noise, and the Orioles are just in a rebuild. But hopefully they can you know, win some games for the fans of Baltimore. So this division is really competitive. Um, it's going to be a dogfight for who wins this division. I see a lot of people picking the Yankees to win the World Series. I see a lot of people picking the Rays to win the World Series. But if I had to put money on it, if I had to – if I had to – gun to my head and they said who's going to win the AL East this year who's going to win I would say the New York Yankees the Yankees I think they're going to go 37 and 23 this year in this 60 game season and win the American League East and probably probably get home field advantage in the playoffs we obviously don't know where the playoffs are going to be played because of the timing of it if they're are they going to play the the playoffs in November you know it's going to be too cold and those you know, whatever. But the Yankees are going to win the AL East. They're going to go 37-23. and 23. Garrett Cole is going to have a big year. Tanaka is going to have a big year. Stanton and Judge, if they get off, if, if Stanton and Judge get off to hot starts in this 60-game season, they could both win, be MVP candidates. Obviously, we're not going to see 50 homers but because there's only 60 games. But those guys have the potential to to hit like 25 homers in 60 games, which is the equivalent to a 50 game, 50, 50 homer uh, season. So I have the Yankees at 37, 23. Then I got the Ra- the Rays, the Tampa Bay Rays at 35 and 25. And they do get that first wildcard spot in the American league. So the Rays get the first wildcard spot in the American league at 35 and 25. You look at the Rays, man, the Kevin Cash, good, great manager, great Great manager. And just the Rays, there's just a good, trendy team, trending upward team. They were in a little bit of a rebuild ever since they got rid of Evan Longoria, but it happened a lot faster than everybody thought. So Blake Snell, obviously, Cy Young Award winner um, in that rotation. Tyler Glass now, Charlie Morton. They got a great, great, great um, starting rotation. They have a good manager. Um... The good manager in their lineup is is pretty solid too. It's it's not a lot of big names per se, but it's a lot of guys who just come in, produce, produce, produce. I remember watching the Indians play the Rays last year. I was like, dude, the Indians because the Indians were competing with the Rays for a 
for the wild card spot. I was like, the Indians have so, so many bigger names in the Rays. Why aren't we killing them? And every time I would say that, the Rays would hit a three-run shot. And I'd be like, what the heck, man? But <laughs> So I had the Rays going 35 and 25. So here's their projected starting lineup. Obviously, the Yankees, you know, Judge, Stanton, Gregorius, um, Gliber Torres, Gary Sanchez, they got all the big names. But the Rays have a really solid lineup. So they're projected 2020 starters, Charlie Morton, Tyler Glasnow, Blake Snell, then Yanni Chirinos, and Ryan Yarbo. So those guys last year um, just were awesome, 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 awesome. And then their, their, their 2020 lineup is Brandon Lowe at the leadoff spot. Projected. And Austin Meadows, they're a great outfielder, great young outfielder. Um, and the two-hole, then you got Yandy Diaz, former Cleveland Indian, third baseman in the three-hole. G-Man Choi, one of the most entertaining players in baseball. Their first baseman hitting fourth. Hunter Renfro, great young outfielder, hitting fifth. Then Yoshitomo Suzugo. They're Suzuko. I, I, I'm sorry if I butchered that name, but he's their DH. He's hitting sixth. Then Willie Adamas at seventh. Kevin Kiermeyer hitting eighth. And Mike Zunino hitting ninth. So they got a solid lineup, but I just don't think it's enough to overtake the Yankees. Because when you're looking at the New York Yankees lineup and their starting rotation, they're, they're, the, they're the co-favorites with the Dodgers, according to Vegas, and rightfully so. Because it's just, who can... The Yankees are always good because they can pay the most money. That's why. That 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 is why they are the 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 best team because they can pay each other the most money. DJ LeMahieu, MVP candidate, leading off for the Yankees, second baseman. Then you got Brett Gardner, consistent Mr. Yankee outfielder. Gleyber Torres, their shortstop, hitting third. Giancarlo Stanton, DH, hitting fourth. Gary Sanchez, fifth, fifth catcher. Luke Voigt, sixth first baseman. Mike, um, not. Um, Aaron Judge will obviously be up there. He's not in this projected lineup due to injury. I don't know why, but Aaron Judge will be there. Gio Urshela, third baseman, and Clint Frazier maybe, or Aaron Hicks as their other outfielder. And then Garrett Cole, Masahiro Tanaka, Jay Happ, James Paxton, and Jordan Montgomery is their starting lineup. Come on, people. The, the, the Yankees are going to win this division, but I do think the Rays are World Series contenders. I would put the Rays... Uh, slightly uh, below the Yankees, I think they're going to get the top wild card spot at 35 and 25. So Yankees first, Rays second, Red Sox third. Uh, the Red Sox trading Mookie Betts was bad. They should have kept him because the, obviously they won the World Series in 2018. It's not like they're like so far removed from their last World Series win like the Yankees are. No, the Red Sox won it two years ago. <laughs> and they had the team. They had Chris Sale, Mookie Betts, David Price. All those guys, and they had to get rid of them because they can't pay those guys. And if Boston can't pay guys, that is when the MLB needs to step step back and say, we have kind of a problem here. So the Red Sox, I'm going to put have them go 32-28, and 28, finish third in this division. I don't think they're going to get one of the two wildcard spots. Um, I think they'll have a solid year. I like this Red Sox roster. Um, obviously, I like it better with Alex Cora, Cora as their manager, but... Obviously, Alex Cora cannot be their manager this year due to his roles in the cheating scandal. He resigned. I think he actually got fired. But, but yes. So the, um, this Red Sox roster is not bad at all. They have they, they have the names still. They got Andrew Benatendi, Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Mitch Moreland, Michael Chavez, 
Christian Vasquez, Jackie Bradley, and Kevin Pillar. And then their starting rotation is solid. They don't have a real ace, though. Like, I see all these guys finishing with an above-4 ERA this year. Eduardo Rodriguez, Nathan Ivaldi, Martin Perez, Ryan Weber, and Brian Johnson. So, yeah, that, that that's the Red Sox. Um, the 32-28, and 28, a little bit above 500. Nothing to write home about. And then I got the Blue Jays finishing in fourth at 28-32. and 32. I like the Blue Jays. A lot of young talent. Vladimir, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Kevin Biggio, um, Bo Bichette. They got a lot of young talent on this Blue Jays roster. Um, I think in like next year, we're going to start talking about the Blue Jays as serious contenders. They're not ready for it this year. They'll be a little bit above 500, uh, below 500, excuse me, and at 28 and 32. And the poor, poor Baltimore Orioles, they're going to be 21 and 39, finish last in ba- uh Detroit Tigers might finish last in baseball, but the Orioles will be up there. Oh, they're just in a perennial rebuild for this Orioles team. Um, that's all I got to say about that. So the AL East this year is going to be Yankees 37 and 23, first place division winners. Rays 35 and 25, wild card spot. Red Sox 32 and 28, Blue Jays 28 and 32, and Orioles 21 and 39. So yeah, two playoff teams from the AL East. Next week, we will be previewing the NL Central with names like the Reds, the Cardinals, the Cubs, the Pirates, and the Brewers. It's going to be good, so stay tuned for that. So, moving on to our next topic. Um, This is going to be a real quick tangent. We're going to get to the Indians and the Redskins thinking about changing their names after this. But the NHL draft, ladies and gentlemen. The NHL draft was one of the worst train wrecks I've seen in sports history. So as you know, the NHL, NH, it's the draft, draft lottery, excuse me, not the draft, but the draft lottery is supposed to be a thing that allows the bad teams an equal-ish shot at the number one pick. Obviously in the NBA, we know each, the top three teams with the worst record, so this year that'd be the Cavs, the Warriors, and the Knicks, have an equal shot of getting the number one pick. But the NHL draft lottery decided that it was not going to be that simple. NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman did a weird system this year for the NHL draft. So, here is how it sounds. So, the number one pick in the NHL draft lottery is going to be decided in the second drawing. What that means is, remember when I was telling you about the the format for the NHL playoffs? How it's going to be 5 versus 12, like March Madness seedings. So, it means any one of those teams from that 5 through 12 pool has a chance at getting the number one pick. To put that in perspective for you, the Pittsburgh Penguins, who had the fourth or third best record in all the NHL this year. Well, that's not true. They had like the sixth best record, but I digress. The Pittsburgh Penguins who had the sixth, I think the sixth best record in hockey this year. They have a chance at getting the number one pick, even though they're the five seed in their division and have a chance, realistic chance at winning the cup. That should not be happening. So how this worked is that so the team, the team that gets the number one pick will be one of the eight teams that are eliminated from the Stanley Cup qualifiers and will be determined by a second drawing to be held before the start of the 16 team Stanley Cup playoffs. So each of the eliminated teams will have a 12 and a half point. 12.5% chance of winning the number one pick. 
The Los Angeles Kings have the number two pick, and the Ottawa Senators will have the number th- Ottawa Senators, excuse me, will have the number three pick in the 2020 NHL Draft. The Detroit Wed- Red Wings, who are in a perennial rebuild, they 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 do have ten cups. Um, they were good like ten years ago. The Detroit Red Wings, who had the best odds to win the number one pick, fell to number four. Their GM said, "To be honest with you, I'm not surprised. We had an." 18.5% chance of winning the first pick. So realistically, I'm prepared to be sitting here today not talking about the first pick. I'm not really surprised. The bottom eight or the eight playoff teams had a 24.5% chance combined of getting the pick. So the odds were better than the first pick went to the bottom eight than it did to us. The lottery included the seven teams that are not a part of the 24-team NHL return to play plan plus the eight placeholder positions for the eliminated qualifiers. The winning placeholder designated Team E has had a 2.5% chance to be assigned the number one pick. But the, So the order is going to be, we'll, we'll, I'll read you the order for the top eight. Placeholder team, team to be announced later, number one. Los Angeles Kings, two. Ottawa Senators, three. Detroit Red Wings, four. Ottawa Senators again at five. Anaheim Ducks at six. New Jersey Devils at seven. And Buffalo Sabres at eight. So yeah, those are what the NHL draft is gonna is gonna gonna look like. But the NHL draft lottery was a stupid system designed by a G, um, a commissioner who is not the brightest on the Christmas tree. Really, man, the the draft is supposed to make the bad teams get better. You can't have a team that could literally have one of the top six records in hockey get the number one pick. You just can't. The, the Detroit's GM summed it up perfectly. He said, I'm not surprised. We did have the best chance to get the number one pick, but those eight teams that are going to be eliminated from the Stanley Cup qualifiers combined had a better percentage. That shouldn't have happened. It ruins sports when a team that's good gets the number one pick. That's just my opinion. I think the little guys should have a chance at the number one pick. I think Detroit Detroit Red Wings, a historic franchise, should have had the number one pick. It sucks for them. It sucks. But, hey. That's what happened with the NHL draft lottery, and that's what Gary Bettman decided to do. Um, we don't know where the hub city in the NHL will be or when the playoffs will start, but they should be starting pretty soon here. All right, moving on to the Cleveland Indians and the Washington Redskins. Okay, so the Washington Redskins on Thursday, July 2nd, it might have been July 3rd, announced that they are going to, let, let me look up the statement so I can read it to you, with 100% accuracy. So the Redskins announced they are going to look at changing their name, which I think would be a good idea for the Washington Redskins. I think it's long overdue. So FedEx is the sponsor for the um, for for the um, Washington football team's field, for the field. So it's FedEx field. It's where the, the, the Redskins play. So... I can't find this statement. <laughs> I'm just trying to search Twitter for it, but I'll be able to find the Indians one easier, easier because obviously I am the Indian, a big Cleveland sports fan. All right, so the Redskins. What, what, I just want the statement from Snyder, their owner. Um, here it is. They did a short but pointed statement Thursday. So, so this is FedEx, FedEx's statement. So FedEx said in a short but pointed statement Thursday, we have communicated to the team in Washington our request that they changed the team name. 
that's big because obviously FedEx, FedEx Field, they're the one of the biggest sponsors of this football franchise. And when they tell you to change your name, money always talks in the National Football League and in any business. Fans have been outraged for years about this team name, but when your sponsor of your field says something, you're going to listen. So then that prompted um, Dan Snyder to come out, their owner, and the team to make a joint joint statement saying they're going to um, talk about changing their name, changing their controversial name in a bow to pressure from their largest corporate sponsors um, and f- the fierce winds of social reckoning sweeping the country. So th- obviously, this Dan Snyder and the Redskins have been adamant on years. They are not going to change their name. They're not going to change their name. So, But I think this is the time it's going to change. It's not a matter of if the name changes. It's a matter of when. So... I don't know the uh, the Redskins. Obviously, it's it's good that I think it's gr- I think it's good. I think it's overdue for the Redskins to change their name, and I think some potential new names are pretty dang cool for this Redskins squad. So, so some that I've been hearing the Washington Red Tails, obviously, is really good. So, so before I get into team names, um, I'm gonna read you the statement from the Redskins. So here it is. Press release for immediate release July 3rd, 2020. And I quote, In light of recent events around our country and feedback from our community, the Washington Redskins are announcing the team will undergo a thorough review of the team's name. This review formalizes the initial discussions the team has been having with the league in recent weeks. Dan Snyder, owner of the Washington Redskins, stated, This process allows the team to take into account not only the proud tradition and history of the franchise, but also input from our alumni, the organization, sponsors, the National Football League, and the local community it is proud to represent on and off the field. Ron Rivera, head coach of the Redskins, remarked, This issue is of personal importance to me, and I look forward to working closely with Dan Snyder to make sure we continue the mission of honoring and supporting Native Americans in our military. We believe this review can and will be conducted within the best interests of all mine. All in mind. So that's the Redskins statement. So the Redskins are going to change their name. It could be even as early before this 2020 season gets started. My favorite names for the Washington Redskins, the Washington Red Tails. So if you don't know what the Red Tails are. So the Red Tails um So the Red Tails are the fur uh, here, let me I got to f- read it with accuracy. The Red Tail Squadron. So they are the first So they are the Tuskegee Army Airfield. They are it's a exclusively trained African American military pilots and they were in World War 2. So the Red Tail Squadron. Yeah, that's what they call them. The Red Tail Squadron. They are the th- 332nd fighter group um they were all an all african-american um fighting group the airmen um and they were very important in world war ii and i think it'd be really cool to see a team that has been racist um the, the team hasn't been racist but their their mascot has been of such controversy of such um such a racially charged logo and a, and a charged name that has upset so many people and has been such controversy for years and years. 
I think it would be really cool for them to change their name to the Red Tails and to honor a group of men who are overshadowed by so many others in the biggest war in the world. In, in the history of the world. I think it'd be great if they changed their name to Washington Red Tails. You could keep the same color scheme. You could throw a DC on the logo of a... Uh, uh, the logo could be a plane. You could throw a DC on there. And that would be your team. And Dwayne Haskins, quarterback of the Washington um, Washington football team, he said he would love to see the name um, be, be changed to the Red Tails. So there are obviously a lot of names floating around out there for both the Washington... Washington and Cleveland. So, so someone tweeted as a joke. Obviously, have we considered the Washington Buckeyes since they have Dwayne Haskins, um, ter- Terry uh, Terry McLaurin, and Chase Young, three great Ohio State Buckeyes? But Dwayne Haskins tweeted, "I like the Red Tails." So that's good. I mean, I think the Red Tails are the odds-on favorites. Now, what are some other options? Well, I'm going to read you those options. But the Red Tails are my favorite. If I had to put money on it, they would be the Red Tails. So here are five other options for this potential name change. The Washington Warriors, the Washington Red Tails, or, yeah, yeah, those are the, the main two. The Washington, uh, the Washington Skins, I don't think that'll fly. Uh, the Washington Federals or the Senators, you know, Washington Capitals, Washington Nationals, and the Washington Senators, Washington Federals. And then the Washington Griffins. Those are five other potential team names. I've heard a lot of other ones out there. Um, I don't know which which ones are good. Um, the Washington Warriors have been there a long time. Washington Braves, Washington Federals, Washington Natives, Washington... I don't know, but I think Washington Red Tails is the odds-on favorite for the Redskins. And after the Redskins made that announcement, the Cleveland Indians, my favorite baseball team, made the announcement that they would be looking into changing their name. So let's read this. Let's read, roll the tape, read the statement for the Cleveland Indians. So they said, we are committed to making a positive impact in our community and embrace our responsibility to advance social justice and equality. Our organization fully recognizes our team name as among the most visible ways in which we connect with the community. We've had ongoing discussions organizationally on these issues. The recent social unrest in our community and our country has only underscored the need for us to keep improving as an organization on issues of social justice. With that in mind, we are committed to engaging our community and appropriate stakeholders to determine the best path forward with regard to our team name. While the focus of the baseball world shifts to the excitement of an unprecedented 2020 season, we recognize our unique place in the community and are committed to listening, learning, and acting in the manner that can best unite and inspire our city and all those who support our team. So that's the Indian statement. Now, I think the Redskins will change their name before the Indians do, but I think the Indians are going to change their name before the 2022 season at the latest. I think the Redskins change it before maybe even this season, but definitely before 2021 season. So the Indians, I have been doing a lot, a lot of talking about and a lot of researching about what the name change is going to be. My favorite is the Cleveland Spiders. Hear me out. I know there are a lot of you, a lot of people who hate spiders. When I see a spider in my room at night and I'm trying to sleep, I run away from it just like everybody else. But the marketing possibilities for the Cleveland Spiders 
is, are epic. Picture this. So you keep the same color, color scheme. You turn the logo into a spider of some sort. So you keep the block, block C and you put a spider on the logo. You, you make your jerseys like Spider-Man. And you, you somehow, somehow get a new sponsor for the field. Or just nickname the field The Web. Uh, cha-ching. That is a great marketing possibilities. You could another cool idea I saw about a logo logo for the the Cleveland Spiders potentially is the the wet is a web. So the block C, you put a web in the middle of that block C and a baseball in the middle of the web. That's pretty sweet. The, 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 that's my favorite name. So there are a bunch of names being floated around on the internet for the Cleveland Indians. I mean, obviously there are some people who say. Um, you can't change the name. It's the history of baseball. People are being too sensitive. I mean, I can see, I can see where you're coming from when you say that. But I'm of the opinion, and so are two very important members of the Cleveland Indians. I'm of the opinion that if society wants you to change it, just to move forward and just to change your name, go, just do it. Um, it's time for change. I know the Cleveland Indians aren't trying to offend anybody with their name being the Cleveland Indians. They obviously changed their name way back in 1914. They've been the Indians for 105 years, and they actually changed their name to honor one of their Native American players. But society has changed. There's no room for offensive team names in sports, obviously ones that are blatantly offensive. And this one, The Indians aren't blatantly offensive. I shouldn't say that, but the Redskins, in my opinion, are. But so the Indians are going to change their name, I'm pretty sure. I don't know when, but I think it's going to happen. So the Cleveland Spiders are my favorite choice. Now I put a poll out on my Twitter at the Jack Bernie on Twitter. Kind of crowdsourcing. I'm going to write an article about this. So you're gonna to want to stay tuned to that. We are gonna we are starting our new website for articles, ladies and gentlemen. It will be up by Wednesday. We're gonna write some cool, cool articles for you guys, and it's gonna be amazing. You're going to want to check it out. We have got some great content coming from for you during this quarantine, during this pandemic. And it's going to be great, ladies and gentlemen. But so I put this Twitter out, this poll on Twitter. I got 78 votes. Pretty good sample size for me. <laughs> so I said, out of genuine curiosity as a Cleveland sports and baseball fan, if the Cleveland Indians do indeed change their name, what's your favorite potential new team name? If it's not one of these options, feel free to DM me your choice. And the Cleveland Spiders did win. So they got 43.6% of the vote. So let me do some quick math here. I'll tell you exactly how many people voted for the Cleveland Spiders. So 78 times 0.436. 34 people voted for the Cleveland Spiders. So Cleveland Spiders, yes, the Cleveland Spiders win. Boom. Just make it happen. Make it happen, Cleveland. Make the Spiders happen. And the, also, to the people who say the Indians can't be, change their name to the Spiders because the Spiders had the worst road record in all of Major League Baseball history, even though it wasn't technically Major League Baseball back then in 1899. You know what? Go go do something else with your day. What is more Cleveland than rewriting history and making it good? What is more Cleveland than laughing at your mistakes? Uh, the Spiders is the coolest name for the Indians, and I am going to be not sad if they don't change their name to the Spiders, but I am on the Spider train. Imagine it. Tom Hamilton, Tom Hamilton can be... We are live from the corner of Carnegie in Ontario. It's game number one as we are live from the web as the Cleveland Spiders take on the Detroit Tigers. That's just getting me hyped thinking about it, people. The Spiders is the name, and the Cleveland Indians need to listen. But 
there are other options that I think are cool. Don't get me wrong. The spiders are my favorite, but there are other options that are cool and some that are just darn right funny. <laughs> so the Cleveland Guardians is a very cool potential option. Kind of gives us a kick like, oh, the Avengers. Hmm. Kind of gives them a kick like that. A lot of people like the Guardians on this poll as well. 30.8% of people voted for the Guardians. Obviously, so that 30.8, so that'd be 0 0.308. 24 people voted for the Guardians. So the um, the Guardians obviously would be a nod to the, the Guardians of Traffic statue on that the bridge in Cleveland. I, I forget what bridge it is. I'm sorry. I'm sounding like a, a, a guy who doesn't have that much knowledge of Cleveland, even though I, I, I very much do. Um, so the Guardians would be a great name. Um, it's obviously not better than the Spiders. I'm a little biased, though. Um, so the Guardians... Um, yeah, they're a staple in Cleveland. Obviously, the old LeBron billboard is now a picture of the Cleveland Guardians. So, yeah, the Guardian statue is on the Hope Memorial Bridge in Cleveland, right by the Cuyahoga River. Yeah, the Cleveland Guardians are, are an awesome potential name for the Indians. Um, yeah, so 24 people voted for the Guardians. That's a great potential name for the Indians. The other two options on this list didn't get as much love, but I think they were really cool names. Now, everybody knows... That the Cleveland, um, the Cuyahoga River, um, did catch on fire twice, way back in the seventies, eighties, due to pollution and all that stuff. And again, what's more Cleveland than owning up to your mistakes and making it into something cool, or even just laughing at your mistakes? Which is why I thought the Cleveland Burning River, ladies and gentlemen, would be a sick name for this for the Cleveland baseball team. So that one only got 14.1% of the votes. So I mean, so it wasn't that big a hit. Like, you know, it, still 11 people voted for it. But so the Cleveland Burning River and then the other name was the Cleveland Rockers, which got 11.5% of the vote. There are also some other names I have been seeing around the Internet. Obviously, the, <laughs> this one's the funniest one, the Cleveland Lindors. Or the Cleveland Franciscos. So back in the 1900s, before the Indians became the Indians, they were named the Cleveland Naps in honor of Nap Lajoie, one of the greatest Indians of all time. So they were named Nap Lajoie. Then uh, he left the team. So they changed their name to the Indians in 1914. Bada bing, bada boom, the rest is history. Now obviously we all know Francisco Lindor is a great superstar player for the Cleveland Indians. And some people like me who desperately want the Indians to resign him think if we name the team the Cleveland Lindors or the Cleveland Franciscos, that he will resign with us. I mean, he has to, right? You can't leave a team that's named after you, right? I, I'm, I, that's just me. That's just my opinion. But I mean, it's if it's a desperate plea to get our star player back, we can do that. I still like the Spiders, though. Some other funny names I have seen around Cleveland Rocks. Eh, eh, it's not the worst name idea I've heard, but you know, you get the Cleveland Rocks, you get the Cleveland Rocks in there, but <laughs> uh, the, uh, what's going to be the mascot, a pet rock? Come on. But I mean, I would hate it if it was the Cleveland Rocks. I'm also, um, the, the Cleveland, I, I, I'm going to give you, um, the, Cle <laughs> this one, another funny one, the Cleveland fighting walleye. You know, there's a lot of walleye in Lake Erie. <laughs> That's another good one. But um, 
yeah, I'm excited for this name change. I, 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 it's going to be cool. Like, like I, I get excited about new stuff. Like, <laughs> I get excited when the Browns change their uniforms to a darker shade of orange. Of course I'm going to get excited about our sport, our baseball team changing their name. Um, the Spiders is the way to go. That's the way to go. Make them the Spiders. Market Spider-Man. Kids will love Spider-Man. Um, the Web. Are you kidding? The web and um, one of my favorite Cleveland Indians reporters tweeted um, today a picture of a web in Progressive Field. Um, it was a spider web and it was by the netting. And <laughs> I think it was Zach Measle. Yeah, he's a great reporter for the Athletic. He it was yeah it was a picture of a spider web around one of the um, the um, like pillars of um, Progressive Field. He said Zach. Zach Measle said, wow, they wasted no time in prepping progressive field with Spiders insignia. So yeah, I, Spiders are my favorite, my favorite team name. And for all of the, those who say, I'm not going to support the Cleveland baseball team. I'm not going to support the Washington football team if they change their name. Come on, you're not a true fan if you're saying that. I know some people who have been saying they are not going to support this team if it's named the Spiders or if it's named the Guardians or if it's named anything but the Indians. Come on. Cleveland are the most loyal fans. We went to every Browns game when they were 0-16. And you can't support a baseball team that changes their name? Come on. If you're a true fan, you will. And I'm a true fan. Yes. All right. So, two, pl- two very important members of the Indians organization said they have supported a name change. So, um, one of them is Terry Francona, our manager. So yesterday, Terry Francona said, let me get the quote for you, ladies and gentlemen. He said, oh, oh, that's not it, that's not it. Oh, I like too many tweets, guys. (laughs) Oh, gosh, I'm hilarious. All right, he said, on the potential name change, he said, in the past, I would usually say, I know that we're never trying to be disrespectful, and I still feel that way. But I don't think that's a good enough answer today. I think it's time to move forward. One of the greatest managers in baseball history. One of, if not the greatest manager in Cleveland Indians history. Saying that, that is great. And one of the best players on the Indians. He he tweeted. Um, he didn't tweet. He said to the media, Francisco Lindor. He says he's all for a team name change. If it's going to bring more love, peace, and happiness to society... Society is shifting, and we're due for some change. So that's that's amazing that Lindor and Francona have come out in support of the name change. And it just means the Cleveland Spiders are coming, ladies and gentlemen. Live from the web, the Cleveland Spiders are coming. Real quick, before we get into the rest of our show, I, we got a who's hot, who's not of the week. And we got some um, a Korean baseball update and a golf update. So... Um, ter- <laughs> this is just Francona, uh, Francona and Frankie Lindor being who they are. So Terry Francona said that Francisco Lindor told him to use hand sanitizer during batting practice. So he used what Lindor gave him, except it was the firm grip that hitters use. <laughs> Tito, Tito joked with the media. He said, we almost released him. He's he's used rubbing alcohol, but nothing has gotten off the the, the 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 firm grip the players use. So that is some funny content for you today. All right, who's hot? Who's not of the week? Who's hot of the week? Trevor Bauer, Trevor Bauer, one of my favorite players, Cincinnati Red now, but a Cleveland Indian for life. I don't care what anybody says to you. 
he wore a shirt to Reds camp that was roasting the Astros. It said, Houston Cheaters, Trash Town, 2017 Chumps. That's awesome, baby. Trevor Bauer, keep speaking out against the Astros. They cheated their way to a title, and they don't deserve the recognition that their fans give them. Notice how it's only their fans. And who's not of the week is Dwayne Wade. Oh, dude. I don't like roasting people's hairstyles at all. I am all for people coloring their hair and stuff. But Dwayne Wade has done it way too many times during this quarantine, man. Like, no offense to the man. I love him. He's a great player. But he put flames in his hair. It's hot. I, like, I, I put it as who, the who's not of the week, but it's hot of the week because it's flames. Now, just look up on his Twitter. Just go Dwayne Wade's Twitter. Obviously, that's D-W-Y-A-N-E Wade. Yeah. So, he tweeted a picture of video of his hair, I believe. It was a picture. No, it was... I don't know. Yeah, he... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bunch of hair. It actually, it's growing on me the more I'm looking at it. But it just looks like, dude... Oh man, it just looks like there's 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 flames in the back of his hair. It looks pretty cool, but um, I don't know. I'm, it, it, it's not for me, dog. I, I wouldn't dye my hair like that. But kudos to him though. It's a fashion statement. It looks pretty cool, but yeah, um, that that's my who's not of the week. All right, moving on to some golf news. So this is some pretty cool news. Um, this is for um, uh, obviously I go to Kent State University. This is cool news in. For the university. So Kent State men's golf team has a storied program. And their women's golf team is the best team at the school. They are had a, had a historic year. And it was an honor um, covering them. So for the first time in the story of the hit. Uh, in the storied history of the Kent State men's golf program. Two former players are currently ranked among the top 100 in the world. Mackenzie Hughes and Corey Connors. They also happen to be Golden Flash's teammates. Kudos to them. Kudos to my university. That is awesome to see. All right, and real quick before we go, Korean baseball update. KBO Weekly. KBO Weekly. Korean Baseball Association, the only baseball we are getting during this quarantine until the MLB comes back. I am the biggest NC Dino fan in the world. Not really, but they are the best team in the KBO. They are 36 and 16. They finished June with a 14 and 10 record following an 18 and 5 May. The Dinos are off and running in July. They're already 4 and 1. They capped the week with one of their wildest wins of the season, scoring six runs in the bottom of the ninth for a 7 6 win over the Kia. Oh, what's their name? The Kia. Kia Tigers. Kia Tigers. There they are. So the NC Dinos, they are, they're, they're doing well. Um, the Key Womb Heroes. Real quick, I think the heroes are the... So, real quick, former Cub World Series champion Addison Russell signed a deal in the Korean Baseball Association. He signed... Yeah, he signed a one-year contract worth $530,000 with the Kiwoom Heroes. So, they have a former MLB star. Um, the Kiwoom Heroes, they're 33-21. and 21. They went 19-6 and six in June tying for the most wins in a calendar month by a KBO team over the past five years, but lost three of five to close the week. So they're four games out behind the Dinos. Then we got the Doosan Bears. The, so their outfielder, Kun Wu Park, who was hitting 190 on May 31st, <laughs> led the KBO with a 444 batting average and a 484 on base percentage in June. That just shows that the KBO and in baseball, 
Anything can happen, bros. So, all right, and then we got fourth in fourth place is the LG Twins. They are twenty nine and twenty three. They're they are, they are slumping though, ladies and gentlemen. They're slumping. They entered Sunday's game against Samsung on a three and eleven um stretch. That's not that good. So they rallied to beat the Lions for their KBO high six win when trailing after seven seven innings. So they. Samsung had been 25 and 0 when leading after six innings, but the LG Twins pulled a Lee Corso and said, "Not so fast, my friend," and they won that game. Then we have the Kia Tigers in fifth. Um, they they have soon soon been Kim. He's had four straight three hit games to take over the league batting lead, 378. For comparison, only two players in the MLB had four straight three hit games in 2019. That's Charlie Blackman and Ketel Marte, all star players from the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. Um, respectively. Then we got the Lions, the Samsung Lions, 29 and 25. They went five and one last week. They're 19 and 11 since the start of June. They're getting hot. They'll be interesting come playoff time. And then we got the KT Wiz. These are the teams that are below 500 now. The KT Wiz, great team names across, across the board. Amazing team names. This is what the, the Indians, this is what being the Spiders could do for the Indians. Um, the KT Wiz, the Triple Crown Watch is on for a member of the, the KT Wiz. Mel Rojas Jr., he leads the KBO in homers with 19, second in RBIs with 48, and he is second, four points behind um, Kim, who I just talked about, at 374. He also leads the league in runs, hits, and OPS. That's an MVP if I've ever seen one. Then we got the Low T Giants. They are, they are 17 and 15 on the strength of a six-game winning streak. Um, the Giants have been headed in the wrong direction. Um, so they went 17-15 and 15, um, last week, and they were on a six-game winning streak last week. But then they went 7-12, and 12, and they're slip, they slipped back to a middle-of-the-tier team. And then we got the teams that are just struggling. The SK Wyverns, they're 16-37. Um, Sung-Woon Moon. Seung Wan Moon, there it is, led KBO with 34 strikeouts and a 1.39 ERA in June, but he lost his first start of July, allowing four runs, two earned in five innings Wednesday against the Lions. Um, and then we got the Hanwha Eagles. So they are 13 and 40. They snapped a five-game losing streak, beating um, the the Doosan Bears on Saturday. They're three and three on the season against the Bears. By far, it's best record against any opponent. They have no better than a 333 than a 333 winning percentage against any other team. So yeah, the NC Dinos are at the top and the Eagles are at the bottom, but KBO is fa- is very entertaining. If you guys are missing baseball as much as I am, tune in. It's on ESPN2 usually. It's at 5 a.m., but if you want to get up, you can. Uh, they show replays of it though. But yeah, so that is our Korean baseball update. All right, real quick before we go, we got some baseball trivia of the day, July 6th. All right, so it says, rank the following historic American League teams by winning percentage. Wow. All right. The 2001 Mariners, the 2070 Yankees, the 54 Indians, and the 1998 Yankees. I think the Indians have the best winning percentage. I think that 54 team, although they got swept in the World Series by the Giants and Willie Mays, I think they went like... I think they won 111 games. So, yeah, I'm going to put the Indians first. I'm going to put the, we'll go Mariners second, 27 Yankees third, and the 98 Yankees fourth. So that's going to be C, 
A, B, D. Did I do it? I did it! Woo! Let's go. I got the question exactly right this week. So the Indians went 111-43 in um, 54. They are first with a 721 winning percentage. The Mariners, 2001 Mariners, are second with a 716 winning percentage, 116 and 46. The um, the 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 Yankees, 27 Yankees, are third with 110 44 record, 714 winning percentage. And the 98 Yankees, 114 and 48, are fourth with a 704 winning percentage. All right, that is all the time I have for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you guys are all staying safe. Wash your hands, wear your masks. I'll see you all next week. Peace. Please check us out on Instagram at onbrand.sports. Check out our other sports podcasts. We're going to have a new episode of the Hoop Show this week on Wednesday. We're going to have our new revamped website up this week. Please check that out. Thank you so much for listening. Wash your hands, stay safe, and I'll catch you on the flip side.